the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church where Christ is honored and people are loved. Live, in-person services are now available for you to attend every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. So we invite you to come to church this Sunday. God will rejoice over you with singing. That's how much He loves you and that's how proud He is of you. Calling you by name and when He sees you, you gladden His heart. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. Today we're going into the sanctuary to start a new series entitled, A New Level of Prayer. God answers prayer. I believe that you're a believer and you pray, you know how to pray. But today the Holy Spirit is going to lift us to a new level of prayer. This message is entitled, A New Level of Prayer. The whole series is entitled, A New Level of Prayer. Martin Luther got his hair cut very often. Martin Luther of the German Reformation. And uh, his barber was Peter Breschendorf. And Mr. Breschendorf asked Luther on one occasion advice on how to pray. Friend, if we knew how to pray. (laughs) And so Martin Luther wrote his directions, very simple directions on how to pray. And this is what he wrote, and he entitled it, A Simple Way to Pray for Master Peter the Barber. And what Luther pointed out to him was what I'm going to read to you right now. So... As a diligent and good barber, you must keep your thoughts, senses, and eyes precisely on the hair and scissors or razor, and not forget where you trimmed or shaved. For if you want to talk a lot and become distracted thinking about something else, you might well cut somebody's nose or mouth or even his throat. You know, a distracted barber is a dangerous barber. Phil, you've never cut me one time that I can remember, and you've been doing it a lot of years. But I think we get the point. Prayer is something that we should not be distracted. And if we were looking into the eyes of the Almighty and talking to Him, and we're aware of that, I don't think we would become distracted. But we must think God and Father as we talk to the Lord. Now, prayer is first and foremost praise to the Lord. When we begin praying, we are to think of what he has already done and give praise and thanksgiving to him. Corinne and I were on vacation and we were in this, I'll call it a restaurant, I guess it was called a restaurant, but it was a little bit different. A lot of people were on vacation and four couples were around the table and we, uh, one table and four at this table, there were a lot of tables, but everyone, every 
table had about four couples around it. And um, we talked and shared, got acquainted with each other's name and where we were from, and it was fun, really nice people. This lady on my left, you talk about being a talker. (laughs) Not only a talker, I'm a little bit deaf now, but uh, I could hear every word, and I think everybody else around us could hear every word. And, but she, she was a very nice lady, but she liked to talk. But when it came time to eat, they put the food before us, the food that each one of us would order separately. She and her husband grabbed arms. She reared back, and I thought, oh, my. <laughs> but she prayed a silent prayer. And uh, after the prayer, I leaned over to the husband, and I said, I appreciate what you did. You prayed before you ate your food. And this is what he said to me. If we're not thankful for what we already have, how can we ask God for something new and something else? So let's remember the testimonies that will give glory to the Lord and give thanks to him as we begin to pray. Now, Corinne and I also prayed, but we bowed. She reared back, that lady did. But she was very quiet in her prayer but it was very inspiring, and there was a hush all around our table at that time. But he spoke up as loud as he could in a very conversational tone and said, if we don't thank God for what God has already given us, how can we ask God for anything else? And I say amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So prayer begins with praise and with thanksgiving to the Lord. Prayer is a lot of things, but prayer is also communion with God. After we have given praise to the Lord, praise will bring the presence of God. You will now begin to feel his closeness to you, which will help you focus on him. And then after we praise him, his presence comes. Now we come with communication with our petitions. Now we can talk about our hurts, our difficulties, our problems, our troubles. In, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says these words. The words of Jesus, and I'm quoting Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Now, most of the time, we think of that verse as pertaining to the unsaved. Jesus standing at a sinner's heart, knocking at the sinner's heart's door trying to get into that sinner's life but read it in its context it's not sinners he's knocking at the heart's door it's Christians look at it in context read the whole chapter and you'll find out it's the church the Christian church of Laodicea and Jesus is trying to get into that church he's trying to get into our lives and when he comes in he will minister to that hurt to that problem to that difficulty, Jesus saw a church in need and said, I am here to help you. I'm knocking at your heart's door. That person that offended you, did you talk to Jesus about it first? That hurt, that trouble, take it to the Lord. When we do, our heart will open. The presence of Jesus will come in and address that need and that need will go away. Friend, we'd rather talk about it and complain about it before we pray about it. And that problem will continue on in our thinking, perhaps for an indefinite period of time. 
The Lord is knocking at our heart's door. Somebody here this morning has a need and the Lord is there knocking, wanting to come in, wanting to address it with you. You address it with him and watch what happens. Notice what Andrew Murray says, the secret of power in life. The powers of the eternal world are at our disposal. The powers of the eternal world are at, there it is on the screen, are at our disposal. You have it in your bulletin. Please take it home, read about it, and know power in prayer. The power of the presence of God, letting Jesus come in. Now, the Lord's Prayer is a model, and this is how it can be done. The disciples went to Jesus and asked him, teach us how to pray. I read that, and I thought, isn't that marvelous? That is the only request the disciples ask of Jesus. Teach us how to pray. And notice, they didn't say, teach us how to perform miracles. Teach us how to be a church administrator. Teach us how to win souls. Teach us how to pray. Friend, the church needs to learn how to pray and not just say words from rote memory. You're still with me? Because Jesus loves you and he wants to help you. And so the disciples ask, Lord, teach us how to pray. And this prayer that Jesus gave to them lifted them to a new level of prayer because they knew they were in a world that is cursed, a world of sin. They live among sinners. They themselves were sinners and saved by the grace of God. Friend, you can't live out there without Jesus and communion with Jesus. You can't live the Christian life. But you can because there's power in prayer. God answers prayer. So when they ask for this request, Lord, teach us how to pray. Notice verse 9, if your Bibles are open to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, okay. No, he didn't say okay. He said, this then is how you should pray. I put the okay. You put that in parenthesis. This, then, is how you should pray. You want to know how to pray? This, then, is how you to do it. It's very simple. Like Andrew Murray said, prayer is so simple that the feeblest child can pray. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message. Following this important invitation... I'd like to offer you a copy of a book written by Dr. Harold Sala entitled, What You Need to Know About Healing, for a donation of any amount. The book by Harold Sala, What You Need to Know About Healing, is a reminder of what many have forgotten, that Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, is still healing today. Within these pages, you'll find a strong scriptural foundation for healing, which gives hope and comfort in a time of need. Harold Sala is founder and president of Guidelines International, a ministry communicating the message of Jesus Christ so that people come to faith in the Lord and believers are disciplined and strengthened. In the book, What You Need to Know About Healing, he combines careful research, biblical narratives, and personal stories of physical and spiritual healing and points to how trusting God yields lasting and eternal rewards. While no one is promised tomorrow, you will receive true encouragement for whatever circumstance may be yours. And you will better understand the compassionate nature of our Heavenly Father and how to find healing His way. 
Again, the book What You Need to Know About Healing can be yours for a donation of any amount to the Healing Word Ministries. To support this ministry electronically, go to the website thehealingwordministries.org and click on the Donations tab to receive your copy of this dynamic resource. You'll also find the address and phone number on the website if you prefer to donate by mail or would like to call for more information. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. And so Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Come on, read the rest of that verse 9 with me. Say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I'm oh, just that verse. Two words. What's the first word? Our. I want you to think of that word with me for just a moment. Maybe think about it for more than just a moment. Maybe to think about it all our Christian life long. Jesus chose that word. Now, think about it. Jesus chose that word. Jesus was not a person of... Of a lot of words, but every word chosen by the Holy Spirit that he spoke, he chose that word, our, our Father, our. Friend, if we knew the word that Jesus gave us, he said, our Father, our Father. That makes you my brother. That makes you my sister. And I'm not going to do anything consciously that will separate you. It may be unconscious. But I'm not going to do anything that will not include you in my love and in my heart. I have felt so strongly that we should have all our nations represented here. And we do have an international church. Years ago, when I started the Largo Community Church, Corinne and I, uh, you hear me referring to Pastor Blair, Calvary Temple, Denver, many times. I was going to bring the little history book that I wrote. He wrote the introduction. And the first two paragraphs, he, he says this as he's introducing that book. He said, Jack Morse called me. He said, I can't remember why he called, what he said. I can't remember if I promised him anything or if he asked for anything. All I can remember is that he kept saying, I want a church without walls. A church without walls. Friend, don't erect a wall that will exclude me and keep me out. I want to be where you are, and I want you to be where I am. And God has given us this international church. Let's work at it. Can you say amen? Amen. This is God's love to us. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Melanie Harris died. Remember Melanie Harris? A dear, sweet lady. I don't believe that woman had a prejudiced cell in her body. I don't believe that. I I learned much from her, not from what she said, but how she lived and how she acted and how she was with people. She cared. She loved. When the ambulance came to pick her up at her home, her mother told me, and, and Velda chuckled a little bit. She said, the ambulance... People got out to put her in the ambulance, and they said to her, Now, listen to them. She's dying. And the ambulance people said, How are you? And she says, her voice was high. She said, Fine. She cared for people. She didn't see color. Now, I'm sure she knew her colors. 
I'm not saying that. But there was something there that helped her to relate to everybody she touched and everybody who touched her. She was a very special person. Her sisters, three sisters, told people where they worked that their sister Melody died. And the people at their work asked, is there an organization that we can send money to in lieu of flowers? And her sisters thought of Change Point. Melanie loved the word of God. She loved the church. The sermons I preach here to you on Sunday morning, including this one, in about three weeks, will go out over the airways. She loved the word of God and she wanted everybody to love Jesus and be loved by Jesus. And so the sister says, let's give to this missionary purpose. Nothing would please my sister more than to get the word of God out. And hundreds of dollars have come in for Change Point at a time when Change Point really needs it. And then, thank you. And then, about a week later, Maurice Bugnosen died. There's Maurice. Do you, some of you may remember Maurice. Maurice sang in the choir faithfully for years and years. And now, Herman Hines, where is Herman Hines? He's here somewhere. Oh, he's in Sunday school. What a place to be. A wonderful place to be. When Herman came into the church many years ago, Maurice was on the board of directors of the church. And I remember Maurice saying to me, people need and races need and cultures need to integrate. And we're trying to integrate, but then watch out. We might become responsible for putting up one of those walls that God doesn't want there. Let's think before we act. Maurice moved away to um, Haymarket, Virginia, and his daughter called me just a few days ago, sent an email to the church, and then it was forwarded on to me, that her words, he left this church years ago, but she said, my dad was so devoted to the Largo Community Church, and I'm sure he went to other churches in the years he's been gone, but she says, we want the Largo Community Church, and in lieu of flowers, there it goes again, in lieu of flowers, we're going to send money to the church for missions. Friend, if I can't love God whom I have not seen, how can I love you whom I have seen? Isn't that Bible also? If we love God, we're going to love one another. Actually, Jesus called God Father. Are you listening to me? 170 times in the New Testament. And I'm sure he called God Father more than that. But that's what's recorded in the New Testament. Father. And Sunday after Sunday, we bow our heads and say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pray it at home. Pray it at church. But remember, it's our Father who art in heaven. Mary Magdalene, on that first Easter Sunday morning, Jesus had risen from the dead. Jesus behind her. They entered into a conversation. When he spoke her name, she recognized him. And this is what he said to her. 
What he is saying to her was recorded by the Holy Spirit in the Bible. That means it has been said to us. Jesus said to her, go tell my brothers that I am returning to my father and their father to my God and their God. So Jesus now has given to you and to me the privilege of calling God father. You have a wonderful dad. You do. He's in the heavens, but he's with us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this wonderful God that we serve loves us so very, very much. When Luke was here playing his trumpet, where are you, Jackie? Oh, there she is. Raise your hand, wave at us. She's right behind me. She tapped me on the shoulder and she said, that's my son. I'm glad you did that. That gave me an illustration. (laughs) That's my son. And do you know what it says in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17? That God will rejoice over you with singing. That's how much he loves you and that's how proud he is of you. Calling you by name and when he sees you, you gladden his heart. You put a song in God's heart. I will rejoice over you with singing. Our Father, who art in heaven, in heaven, the creator, the almighty, the God that is above all gods, the most high God, has come down to bless us, to unite us, to make us one, to put love in our hearts that will bond us together. And then Jesus goes back to heaven and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And that place is going to be a mansion Right now, God is singing about you. When he looks at you, when he looks at me, I I want us to come to this table in just a little while. And if there's any problem, any confession, anybody who's had their feelings hurt, when you come to this altar, remember Jesus and his love to you. When you remember love and I remember love, I can't help but love back and Jesus said, I'm going to heaven. My father is, is, according to Zephaniah, singing over you. He looks at you, doesn't see your sin. He sees that you're his child. It's Luke. It's my daughter. And I'm going to sing over you. And he said, I'm going to build a mansion for you. That's how much I love you. I'm not only going to take you to heaven, but I'm going to take you to the most beautiful and wonderful heaven. Mansions mansions. This is what God has for us. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. Prayer is communion with God. We talk to God verbally. God talks to us through His Word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friend, God wants to hear your prayer. He loves you with an everlasting love. He'll fill your heart with mercy, peace, and joy. Talk to the Lord. Let him help you with all your difficulties and trials. He loves you and he wants to answer your prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, even now, talk to him. Ask him to come into your heart. He stands at your heart's door right now, knocking, seeking entrance into your life that he might do something beautiful for you. Friend, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. And Jesus is available. Let's bow before the Lord for just a moment as we pray and ask him to come into our lives Take over and bless us. He'll do that. Let's bow it. Father God, I thank you that 
you gave Jesus to us and you continue to give Jesus to us as we pray, as we believe. He hears our prayer. He'll answer our prayer. Forgive our sins. Heal our hurts. Help us with all of our troubles and difficulties. Thank you for being our Savior and God. Dear Lord, bless my friend. Thank you for my friend that's watching now and praying with me now. I thank you for this friend in Jesus' name. Amen. We invite you to attend the Largo Community Church in person this Sunday morning. We have returned to a live service in the church sanctuary starting at 9 o'clock. And God is blessing as never before through music, fellowship, prayer, and the preaching of God's Word by Pastor Jack Morris. Social distancing rules and masks are still in place, so you can feel at peace in the large church sanctuary as you praise God with other believers. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved, welcomes you this Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Thank you.